Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com So I was in the shower, I was cleaning my ass and making all the dirt all sparkly. Thank you, Clean. I'm not the funny one, I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. music, wine, and then blue bump. The glory hole is like a, a like big theater. I imagine you're going to do it. Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. We're not sluts. We just love love. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Mrs. Atom. And this is Mr. Atom. I was gonna say, or Angela. I don't know now. I don't know who I am. <laughs> I'm having a, I'm having a, a crisis. Both. How about that? Yeah. I can be both. Why not both? Yeah, exactly. Um, and hello, video watchers. This is the. Yeah. Hi. Second one. So we're trying to do. Oh yeah, I'm that one. I'm looking. I'm looking at this one. I, we've, we're so. This is great. <laughs> oh, uh, a, a quick reminder for uh, all you out there: if you want to see uh, Mrs. Adam. Uh, podcasting in this actually quite sexy bra because um, it's bloody hot. It's here. hot, yeah. Uh, I think the high today was thirty something, mm. uh, and that's Celsius. Uh, but anyway, so she's sitting in her bra and she's podcasting, and it's. Uh, and I only put the bra on because sometimes nips have to be covered. That's right. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to see this, you can uh, uh, support us on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash mm-hmm. By the By Podcast, and we're putting up videos. Trying to do this every time, at least when it's just the two of us. When it's us, yeah. Uh, somebody had asked about seeing some of the, our guest speakers, and unfortunately, in the world we live in, we don't have the. Not everybody has the luxury of being out like we do. So. Right. So it may happen from time to time, but often it won't. Yeah. So yeah. So, ugh, we're talking. So we. Like, <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts, and and. Admittedly, I don't listen to a lot of lifestyle podcasts. I like podcasts of all different shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, I, I listen to this podcast called Unspooled, where they go through AFI's top 100 movies from like 2015, 20, something, whatever. The last big AFI list. And they're watching the movies and they're discussing them. And I was like, oh, we could do a movie discussion thing that's sort of in line with what our subject matter typically is. Mm-hmm. And so, having not seen the movie, I, I looked at Angela and I was like, hey, do you want to do a podcast where we watch and react to Fifty Shades of Grey? Mm-hmm. And we've actually had some people ask us to do this. Yes. What's your, the, what's your opinion on it? What's yeah. your opinion on it? Yeah. And, uh, spoiler alert, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Um, so, I took... But see. we watched the movie. We did watch the movie. And... I took six pages of notes. Six and a half pages of notes. Yeah, we took a lot of notes about um, specific thoughts and things. And it, it's just... But overall, I gave it a two out of ten. I think I gave it, yeah. Maybe a, three, a, max. A, a soft but, two. Yeah. A floppy two. I, I, yeah, I would say two. It um, was... I had a lot of issues with it. And it just... 
didn't keep my interest. No, because it's a terrible, terrible movie. And I know that there are people out there that are going, oh, no, I love it. It's such a great movie. Look, to each their own, but this is one of those rare cases where I'm going to say, I'm going to yuck your yum. (laughs) (laughs) But Uh, everybody can have their own opinion. Absolutely. I support everybody's right to be wrong. Mm -hmm. I know, I'm that guy now. So, um, just to give, if you've lived under a rock for much of your existence and don't know anything about Fifty Shades of Grey, let's give uh, a few like little um, tidbits about it. Fifty Shades of Grey came out in Fifty 20... Ooh. Ooh, look at that. Okay, I don't even know how to stop this. That was the trailer. I'm not even gonna. I was so originally I was gonna have people listen to pieces of the movie. Then I was like, I'm not gonna do that to myself. I have to watch clips of the movie to extract the sound. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do that. Um, okay, so Fifty Shades of Grey came out in 2015 uh, on IMDb. It's got a user rating of 4.1 out of 10, and that's from 272,000 reviewers. Uh, yeah, and it stars Dakota Johnson. Uh, Jamie Dornan and Jennifer L. But I don't remember her. I don't remember. Like, half the people are completely forgettable. Is that the friend? Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Forgot about her. (laughs) You're right. Carla. Carla. Or Kate the roommate. The roommate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so that's that's the long and short of it there. On Metacricket, Metacricket, Metacritic, uh, uh, the Metascore was 46 out of 100. And the user score is 2.9. So we're right yeah. on par with what most people yeah. think about it. So that's, uh, that's great. That's validation. And it's just, it's amazing to read through some of the positive reviews. And that's just depressing. Okay. But we're not going to do that. Mm-mm. We're going to do our own reviews. We're going to talk about our own, our own experiences opinions. With, this, with this movie. Mm-hmm. And these are all opinions. That's mm-hmm. right. So my first note about mm-hmm. this movie was, holy shit, we paid three ninety nine to rent this. <laughs> yes, because it was not on Netflix or anything. No. It was, was Fifty Shades Darker was. And I think Fifty Shades Freed might yeah. be. But uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, yeah. the beginning of the trilogy. Not worth the $4. Oh, and I should probably also say, if you haven't seen the movie and you do want to see the movie, there will be spoilers throughout this. Oh, yeah. So don't listen to this until you watch the movie. That's right. Spoiler yeah. alert. This movie sucks. <laughs> okay. So, it's rated R. I, As I understand it, the director, or the, the writer, the lady who wrote it, can't remember her name, uh, wanted it to be NC-17. I was going to say, I'm not exactly sure why it is R. I, I mean, you saw simulated sex and some, and some boobage, but... Other than that, my guess is the violence. Maybe, yeah. So, you know, again, if you don't know the history of the of the book, it was it was basically Twilight fan fiction, Mm -hmm. and the book reads like Twilight fan fiction, and the movie. I never thought I would say this, but I think I would have rather watched Twilight. And and just so people do know, we both have read the book. Yes. Yeah. So it wasn't just watching the movie, but we have read the book as well. Not going to review the book. Grammatically, it has some issues. Do that? Could she not afford an editor? I'm just saying. Anyway, so my first note, other than that, we paid three ninety nine. My mm-hmm. first real note about the movie mm-hmm. was an exciting, was a positive. I was actually surprised. I was happy. 
Okay. I, I wrote, ooh, I put a spell on you. The, the oh, song. Oh, in the song, yeah. It starts, it's a yeah. great, what a great song. Yeah. And, and it was a good, it was a good version of the song. I, I really liked it. I was very happy. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have anything? I yet? don't have anything that early. Oh, no. wow. Um, then I said, I like the closet. Because we're basically following Mr. Gray as he goes through his... His daily routine. And his yes. closet was the size of our guest bedroom. The closet is ginormous. It was lovely. But I did make a note that he had all of the same clothes. It was all the same suit, all the same shirt. Like Everything was exactly the same. Very boring. Like, at least, you know, Look, if there's different ties or, or some things or different colored shirts. I mean, they were all, it was just boring. Yeah, look, Angela, he's uh, he's a dominant, and he can't be exciting in all aspects of his life. Well, clearly he just, maybe he just doesn't want to think about what he's wearing. Maybe he just wants to go in and grab something. But, you know, you would think that he would take some pride in his appearance and not just have nice clothes, but, you know, show some personality. <laughs> maybe he doesn't have personality. I think that it was clear he does not have personality. I think that is, yeah. uh, nor does he have acting skills. But that comes later. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, was excited. The music was by Danny Elfman, mm-hmm. who did such great themes as Beetlejuice. I think Danny Elfman did Gremlins. I mean, Danny Elfman has a great pet, um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Such a great pedigree. I don't remember any of the music, other than I put a spell on you, and I think I put it said yeah. it later on in the movie. Every song that's like sung. Basically, as I put a spell on you, it's it's the same sort of rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's the same sort of uh, melodic uh, tones. It's yeah. It, well, at least it keeps the theme running then throughout. You know, there's there's a there's making a theme and keeping a theme, and then there's that lazy, and it goes back to what we've said before about some musical theater. In that, yeah, if you know, if you're a fan of the music of a movie, then you will find the themes. I don't need them to be hand-fed to me. Uh, and I feel like this movie hand-feeds. I mean, this is this movie was made for, for the populace. Mm. And, ugh. Anyway. Um, starts with the ugly pretty girl cliche. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, they've got her looking ugly. Yeah. But she's clearly not ugly. Frumpy clothes. Yes. Yeah. Basic. Uh, like, yeah. Why? Why do we have to... Have we not graduated beyond that? Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes to... She's, she's basically going to interview Mr. Gray uh, because her friend is sick, her roommate's sick, mm-hmm. and it's basically interviewing him for the school paper. Right. The university paper. Uh, I wrote TV parking. She gets a parallel park spot right literally in front of his building. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a downtown area. In a downtown yeah. Seattle, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that's basically set in Seattle and Portland. And yeah. in either city, you would never find parallel parking. <laughs> yeah, so I'm talking about the first meeting there where she went to interview him. Now, granted, she's asking these questions that her roommate has written for Mr. Gray to answer. But at the same time, it's clear she hasn't even looked over the list she's like not even prepared whatsoever it's like she opens up the list and then starts going through and is like if if i were going to do that for somebody you may not like really be super prepared but at least have had a look at the list and and be familiar with the kinds of questions you're going to be asking she trips over nothing which in some cases i would say oh walking into the room you're right his office she trips over nothing yeah uh, and as dumb as I think that looks, I've seen you do the exact same thing. So I really can't fault her for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
everything in that office was black, white, or gray. Yes. The the company was gray something. I don't know. It's gray enterprises. I don't yeah. Know. It, it all yeah. goes back to the like everything is bland. There's mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, and it's just uh, it's lazy writing. Yeah. Well, I also said as far as that first meeting goes, um, you know, she was unprepared with the questions. She clearly didn't know anything about him who he was which again if you're going to interview somebody even if you're not the intended interviewer her roommate should have at least given her some background and been like this is who he is blah 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 this is why we want why do you want to interview him for the school paper why is he important um but she didn't know a thing about him whatsoever and because of that and and maybe that was why they set it up that way but she's very prying like she asks a lot of really prying questions are you gay which but then they played that off as the roommate had that as one of the questions. But still, like, there's a lot of very prying questions that you wouldn't ask somebody on, especially a professional interview. No. Yeah. No. But it's supposed to be the start of that. Cuckoo Burrows are agreeing with us. Yeah, no. But yeah, I think it was supposed to be the start of the, like, tension between them. But it just, it was, yeah. It was this contrived sexual tension, yeah. which makes no sense. Um I've got the the great, very clever line. Look at me, I am. Mm-hmm. I, I laughed out loud at that. I don't <laughs> think I don't know that I was that I was meant to. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So she not. does this interview, and this interview is just stupid. Uh, and, but for some reason, he is attracted to her. Mm-hmm. He likes the ugly duckling kind. I don't know. I just, yeah. Yeah. So it was about this time in the movie that I noticed that um, Anastasia, is that right? Mm-hmm. Anastasia, mm-hmm. yeah. Had a had a twitch. A and you know I have to give them credit in that they do make fun of it uh, in the film, but girl cannot stop biting her lip. Mm-mm. You know, and once or twice is fine. Sure, sure, but it got to be where I was worried that she had some sort of nervous tick, and I thought and she was going to chew her lip off. You actually said that at one point. She's like, yeah. she's going to lose her lip, yeah. um, or maybe she didn't own lipstick and she was trying to make her lips red. Maybe uh, that's it. But only the bottom one, though. Only the bottom one. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course, of course. Um, so I started marking things of the lip bite count, the number of times she puts either her pencil or her finger in her mouth, mm-hmm. and the number of, of conveniently hot guys that are in her life. That's a good point. I didn't think about that one. Yeah. And but it's, but it's, you know, movie life, right? You only have pretty people in your life when you're in a movie. Is that true? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. Especially if you're supposed to be, like, the plainest one of them all. <laughs> uh, so, the story, we'll say, progresses. Mm-hmm. And what do you have? Um, you have? I, when she was leaving the office. Oh, okay. And he grabs her papers. Like, she's leaving, and he just reaches and just takes the questions, list of questions out of the notebook. She doesn't seem to even notice that whatsoever. I didn't either, actually. <laughs> How would you not notice that somebody takes your papers? Um, but yeah, so, and then she goes home and he has the list of questions then and, and emails the responses to the roommate. That's right. So she gets her 
answers for the paper, et cetera, et cetera. So all good, but but that's not. That's not very responsible if somebody can just yank the papers out of your notebook and you don't even notice. But she also gave him her social security number. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> he took her purse. That's how he's a billionaire. <laughs> it's called it's called identity theft, Angel. Uh, but yeah, I did actually make a note as well on the lip two thing. I know you were keeping track of how many times, um, but I just made a note that it's a bit overboard. Maybe she should get them looked at. I also noticed that it was the days of the flip phone. Because she had a flip phone. Yes. This movie was done yeah. in 2015. They don't still make those, do they? Do they still make those? I don't know. I like, might be showing my ignorance here. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea if they... I, but... Maybe there are still flip phones out there. I don't know. But anyway. I was like... Yeah. Um, I mean, she's a starving college student who manages to afford a giant apartment in Portland, Oregon with her room, college right. roommate. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, she works at a hardware store, because of course she does. Everybody needs a job. And he manages to find her mm-hmm. in her hard little mom and pop hardware store. Mm-hmm. And says, I quote, I need to pick up a few things. To which Angela immediately responds to the television, Oh God, is it for the rape kit? <laughs> What else would you expect him to be there for? So, yeah. Yeah. It was... And it actually was. Because he got cable ties, masking tape, and rope. I mean, now, if I were working at a hardware store and I was a college student, I had just met someone once. They stalked me down to the place that I work, which happens to be a hardware store. And then they're asking for cable ties, masking tape, and rope. That would throw up some red flags. I, would, I don't care how much money you have. That would immediately make me think that we should question why you want these things after you stalked me and, and found me at this place. And he's, I mean, he's doing that whole smoldering thing the entire time. Yeah. Which, if you know the person, can be sexy. But again, mm. she doesn't know this person, right. so he's just smoldering at her in this Michael Myers sort yeah. of way. If he smolders anymore, he'll become Freddy Krueger. But interestingly, the... Um, the other people that worked at the hardware store, like uh, one or two of the other people kind of from time to time would kind of check in. And you could see they're kind of like, are you, are you okay? Sorry. Well, but yet at the same time, no, none of them ever say anything or really try to butt in per se. And I'm kind of curious as to how well she does her job because before Mr. Gray comes in, uh, she this her colleague asks her for help. Mm-hmm. And she just abandons him to help Gray get his stuff and check him out. And then the colleague shows back up, hot blonde dude. And I'm like, you know, di- didn't you have work to do? But you were helping Mr. Creepy Pants get his zip ties. Rape kit. Get his rape kit together. Yeah. Uh, yes. Do you keep chloroform on aisle four <laughs> or five? Ugh. Anyway. Uh, so then we fast forward to it's some, I, was it graduation night? I don't even remember. Um, yeah. It's, a, uh, it's like a it's a party because the girls are happy. I don't know. It's, it's probably uh, um, end of uh, exams. Okay. Yeah. So they go out drinking. Mm-hmm. And I found what... I, I wrote this down thinking it might be the most realistic thing in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it was. The line for the ladies' room. That's true. Yes. That was very realistic. <laughs> Oh my God, this is so realistic. They actually got something right. Yes. The researchers did their research. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, there's easy parallel parking, but if you got to pee, it's gonna, you're going to be in line. you got to wait. Yeah, and so it, while she's in line in the restroom, so she drunk dials 
Christian, which is Mr. weird. Because if you're going to drunk dial someone, it would be the like creepy stalker guy that came to your hardware store. To get the red kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, I don't know. That just seemed weird that she would drunk dial him. But she drunk dials him. And another realistic thing was that the girl in line in front of her in the bathroom just completely ignores her. Even when she tries to talk to her, she's just yeah. like... Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I'm here to pee. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, drunk dialing someone in the toilet, not sexy. Don't do that. So then, again, so he lives in Seattle, but he's in Portland to buy a rape kit. And he stays overnight mm-hmm. in Portland mm-hmm. after purchasing his rape kit. And it's unclear really why he's there. But so business Bradford. Okay, whatever. I mean, everybody has business. There, so right? so Chickadee goes outside with one of her other hot friends, Jose. Jose, um, and Jose has clearly issues with consent mm-hmm. because he's trying to kiss her, and they're just they've been friends forever, and he's trying to kiss her, and she's like, no, because they're graduating, and he's moving yeah. away to college, and this is like last they chance. Are in college. Oh, he was moving away for something. Grad school, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But it doesn't I thought matter. they were in college. Yeah, but he was talking about moving somewhere. Okay. Anyway. So, but she's like, no, no, no. And he keeps trying to kiss her. And then in swoops Christian. She said no. Yeah. Right. Like, just poof, out of nowhere. He's just like, like barrels his way in. So. I mean, perfect timing. It was perfect timing. Yeah. And kind of creepy that he knew exactly where to find her. I was Mm -hmm. like, where's the tracking device? He does work for a telecoms company. That's right. His company was telecoms. Was it? Okay. So maybe he spoofed her phone. I don't know what that even means, but it sounds cool. (laughs) So it's just like, really? I don't know. It's... (sighs) It's a little too convenient. It was so convenient. Yeah. So, you know, he... You know, I got to give him credit. It was a nice consent, nice nod to consent early in the movie. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But then there were very few other nods later. So, it seemed, we'll get to that. You know, all I'm saying is in today's society, it seems unlikely that the Hispanic guy would not listen to consent and the woman would be saved by the middle-aged white guy. It seems the other way around, that the middle-aged white guy wouldn't listen to consent and then, you know, he would get off for... You know, five hundred dollars after multiple, multiply raping her. Possible. Very, still pissed off about all that. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so the, he takes her back to the hotel. Yeah, and he says something about written consent. I don't. All I have is my in my notes is sigh written consent. I don't have that. Yeah. So, oh wait, wait, wait. No, I do later. But first, I have other bits. Because okay. so he takes her back to the hotel, and um, you know because she's drunk and threw up on him or around him, around him in front of him, and so he takes her back to the hotel, puts her to bed, whatever. And yeah. and my first um, thing that I have written is when she wakes up, she has night clothes that fit at the hotel, which <laughs> I was like, well, that's a little too convenient. I mean, how does that happen? But then he does say that Taylor, his assistant, bought them. For him, which I mean, good on Taylor for doing the shopping and knowing what fits and what looks good. I need, I need a tailor in my life. So if anybody wants to be my tailor, <laughs> Angela, you're saying it multiple times. The reason it all fit was the dude was a tailor. Yeah, I still need a tailor in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she wakes up again. Like you're looking at this whole situation. So you've got guy that you meet. 
he stalks you to the place that you work. He buys cable ties, masking tape, and rope. Um, he manages to be there exactly when you need him, when you're drunk and outside of a bar. He takes you to a hotel. You wake up in the bed, hungover, not remembering a lot, more than likely. And next to the bed, there are two things that say, eat me and drink me. I would, I, I, we don't actually see her, I don't think, don't think. No, she does. Does she? Okay. It was like, it was like Tylenol pills okay. and then orange juice. Right. And she takes the pills. Either way, I wouldn't trust it. Like, I, but again, that's why I'm not Anastasia. Um, but no, but like, the, just like when you look at the whole sequence of events, whether he's hot or whatever, like, that just still seems a little unwise to eat and drink whatever is next to the bed when you wake up that says, eat me and drink me. What well, was that? Alice in Wonderland nod too. Because yes. She's like yes. a. English major or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't really trust them. Um, But then I think that's where the written consent comes from because then after that, uh, he presumes that she has no life and is free because he's just like, you're coming with me this weekend or something like that. And and it's just like, what, like you don't think she might have plans with other people or something she wants to do? Or maybe she just wants to sit around and do nothing, you know, just, yeah, just like the presumption that she has no life and she's completely free, even though she's literally just met you. Um, But then he does mention having her written consent. She looks confused, but he doesn't explain anything about it. No, of course not, because fuck communication. We all know in a BDSM relationship, communication is secondary. Yeah. Like, she doesn't understand what he needs written consent for, and he doesn't... There's no explanation. Like, there's there's nothing. It's just like, "Ah, okay, come on. So, continuing on with the non-creepiness, he takes her back to his house. Oh, yeah, yeah. His apartment, and downtown Seattle, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, which is huge and sparsely decorated. Mm. I I mean, that would be the equivalent of us having a TV, a couple of milk crates, and a single table with no chairs. I mean, that's, when you looked at his apartment, it was huge, yeah. and nothing was in it. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, he spends all his money on BDSM gear. Apparently. Yeah. Cable ties are expensive. Which, again, we never even released... We, I think they mentioned zip ties at one point, cable ties at one point, but they, yeah. No. Okay. So... Oh, the other thing was that when he took her, though, they went in a helicopter, and I said, of course a helicopter, because why is... You know, why not? Um, but I also hope that she's not afraid of heights or flying. Because if so, that's going to be a very awkward situation. Like, if you're hungover and you go flying... I'll get in the helicopter with you, but we can't go any higher than 10 feet off the ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he flies his own helicopter, though. What's well, going to He doesn't have yeah. a pilot. No, of course not. He doesn't no. need a pilot. He's, no. he's Commander Gray. Right. Self-sufficient. So, I don't have many other notes other than after we see the playroom. Um, I have the... Um, yeah, the next ones I have are about the NDA. Okay. The non-disclosure agreement. That was, I think, before... Was that before that she saw the playroom or after? Anyway, so he's got a playroom and it's... Uh, it's just before. Okay. Because, yeah, so he's got the playroom and I think he was going to to introduce her to it. But first he gives her a non-disclosure agreement that she's supposed to sign so that, you know, I guess the world doesn't know about his secret life or anything. Well, no, so that the world doesn't know that they're dating. Right. That was it because he didn't want the world to know that they're dating. Because yes, because... Oh, nothing makes women hotter than to be a dirty little secret. Right. Yeah. Well, there's never been any pictures of him with another woman in the media before. That's why the are you gay question was asked yeah. at the very beginning. Right. 
Um, but yeah, so but she didn't read the non-disclosure agreement. She just signs it. Brilliant. Um, and but he did say it was a standard non-disclosure agreement. Maybe she's well versed in non-disclosure agreements. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. Uh, but and then I said that they jumped to sex, and he said I fuck hard. Like okay, sure. Um, but you know, somebody gives me a non-disclosure agreement, and then immediately wants to have sex. Yeah, sure, I'll just go for it. It just it just seems weird. I don't know. Well, they didn't jump straight to sex from there, did they? Because. I don't know, because then the next thing I have is that, um, oh, the other thing throughout the movie that is not realistic whatsoever is that they constantly pour glasses of wine, and rarely do they actually drink them, Uh, much less finish them. Yes. It's a waste of wine. I'm assuming it's decent wine. I'm out of gin and tonic right now, and I'm freaking (laughs) stressing out. You know, they would pour a gin and tonic and have a sip and be like, okay, well, I'm done. If that, sometimes you didn't even see that. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, um, but yeah, and and then they he went to show her the playroom. Which yeah. if I were just looking at a playroom, I'd take it with me. You know, keep drinking it as we go. Look at the I playroom. Know. We, we both commented on that because yeah. they left the wine behind. Like you couldn't take the wine into the playroom. Yeah. Is that a rule? Yeah, um, maybe, maybe it is. His playroom is great. Yeah, it is actually. It really is. His playroom is great. Um, it's probably the size of our apartment. Probably, yeah. <laughs> It'd be awesome to have. <laughs> so. I remember some of this, and it's all a bit blurry now in that it made me angry, and I think rage is causing me to forget. But one of his, you know, the reason why he wanted to do this to her was, you know, these reasons for punishing. It wasn't about compersion. It was about just downright meanness. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. just cruelty for the sake of being cruel. And it was a bit more of um, a dom-sub relationship in that you're going to do what I say, and if not, then I'm going to punish you. Yeah. Which, look, I know that there's different, all different types of dom And that's, sub I was going to say, that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. But even the doms that have a dom-sub relationship where it is 24-7 subservience, which is basically what he writes when it comes to the contract, mm-hmm. Um you know, that's clearly what it is. It's a 24-7 subservience mm-hmm. contract. You know, they still, they do it because it's mutually beneficial. It's a symbiotic relationship. The dom is happy that the sub is submissive. The submissive is happy that the dom is happy that they're submissive. And, you know, it's mm. it goes back and forth. It's not just a, you do this because I say you do it. And there's no joy in it. Yeah. Um, they took the fun out of it. They took the 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 compersion out of it, and it's yeah. Um, and the, like I've got the note where he says, "You do these things to please me," and she says, "What do I get?" Yeah. And he responds, "You get me." And I thought to myself, "Well, honey, you better kept the receipt because <laughs> you're not that great. You're a billionaire. That's really the only benefit that you have." Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have when um, going into the playroom, it's it should be clear to him by this time that she really has not a clue about any of this. She seems to be very um, unaware of what kink is, what BDSM is, dom sub, how all of this works. What she, sex is? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, because we find out later she's a virgin, and of, oh. of course, I mean, why not? Um, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it, it just seems a little too convenient that the one that he chooses for this movie is a virgin. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, she clearly has no knowledge or exposure to any of this. And he doesn't give her a clue. As they're going to the playroom, if you don't have a clue as to what any of this means, what it looks like, what it, what you do with it, it's this whole entire foreign world. And then somebody just opens up this huge space with all this stuff. That could be very overwhelming. And that can send a lot of people running. And But just... Hey, hey, she survived the rape kit. I think she'll be fine. <laughs> but it just seems like, like why not be a little respectful, give her a clue as to this is what's maybe in the room, this is what it means. This is what all of this is about. This is like, hey, here's an introduction to to kink and to BDSM or to Dom Sub or whatever specific aspects he wants to. Um, But yeah, he doesn't, it's just this whole big super secret mystery. And it just, I feel like he just kind of throws her into the deep end. And it, it would be extremely overwhelming. But yeah, she just kind of, you know, jumps right in and doesn't really question anything. So, yeah. They don't pay her to question. Anything. Apparently not. Yeah, he's like, I don't know. You're right. Absolutely. And this goes back to the running theme of this movie, which is this movie could have been great mm-hmm. if they had done a little more research and, and done something a little more real. Or if they had characters that were actually believable. Communication, yeah. that's all they needed mm-hmm. was a little bit of communication. Um, but... When he said, you get me, um, I wrote this, which I don't remember writing, but it does sound like me. Go fuck yourself, Gray. You can take that sexy come fuck me smile and get up your own ass. Because, <laughs> like, again, he's not that great. No. Um, and then, of course, he finds out she's the virgin. So before that, um, so they must have been talking about the contract. Um, because I have that. Uh, so, A, again, he assumes that he gets every weekend which means that she has no life outside of him because he also won't go to the movies with her. He won't go out in public with her, whatever. So basically she's saying, you know, a a college age person, early twenties, and I'm going to give up every weekend to spend only with you. I mean, sure you get your weekdays, but like Friday to Sunday or whatever, it's, I don't know. It just seems, it seems like a lot to ask of anybody, but especially someone that age, it just, I don't know. That didn't sit well with me. Um, and, and again, just assuming that she has no other life, no other friends that she wants to see, not even considering asking, caring that that might be the case. Um, and when she asks something about why is it this way, he says, it's the way I am. That's not an answer. That That's like a little bit of explanation, a little something more is useful, but just saying it's the way I am, that's not an answer to that. Is that didn't. Good? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't willing to explain, consider other options, whatever, which is, you know, that's fine if that's how he wants it set up, but I don't know, it just was weird. But then I also like that when she says, when you say negotiation, what do you mean? And he says, I have a contract prepared. That's not negotiation. He, he doesn't even define negotiation for her. And so he goes on uh, to say that she can give some guidelines but yet at the beginning, he's just like, here it is, and it doesn't really seem open or willing to actual negotiation, even though he says so. Um, I don't know. It just seemed like he's, as far as the whole contract goes, the NDA, all of that, he's very careful and he's very precise. But then when he says things, it's often a little contradictory or just not quite exactly right. And if you're yeah. going to be that precise in other aspects of life, you would think. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I think that you would be very careful with what you say as well. You would think. That's what, but yeah. That's what I think. All right, so let's take a quick break here. Okay. And uh, uh, a shout out from one of our other partner podcasts. Yeah. And we'll be right back. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And with our powers combined, we, we are, are the, the Multi Amory Podcast. Podcast. If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then come check out the Multi-Amory Podcast on the Swingset Network at swingset.fm, the Swingset FM Android app, or at multiamory.com. Okay. I We're back. A, I had to get another gin. gin uh, blah, easy for me to say. Clearly, I didn't need another gin and tonic. I had to get another gin and tonic because, you know, this is... <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, you are right that they ha- didn't have sex before. This, I guess my comment was just that they were leading up to jumping to sex, like, the first okay, gotcha. time that they were there, whatever. Um, because I do say here, um, for her first time... He like he just jumps straight to Final Jeopardy, you know. He just he takes her pants off and then starts kissing her over her panties and stuff. But there's no like kissing, making out. Well, he already up. said the most romantic thing he could possibly say to her when she says, "What are you doing?" and he says, "Rectifying the situation," talking about taking her virginity. Oh, like dude, wow, so romantic. When he said that, I was like, "Yep, writing that down." Uh, <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure was in the book as well. And I remember thinking, oh, fuck you, dude. Yeah, um, yeah so 45 minutes into his apartment, they're basically naked, which, could, you know, wow. Uh, and you were talking about, uh, you know, him kissing straight on the panties. We don't actually kiss. Right. Um, yeah. There's no talks about condoms. There's no talks about STIs. And again, in a BDSM relationship, it's all about communication and being open and having this conversation. But we don't do that because well, it's in in that instance, it's you can't even see if he uses protection because mm-hmm. they don't show him getting a condom. They do later, um, but they don't show him getting a condom, putting it on. There's nothing. Yeah. There's no discussion about it, so it, it's unclear as to whether there was protection or not. Also, he looks better with his clothes on. I mean, he's got the burns, whatever, Ugh. but. I don't care about that. No. Um, that is a... That's a plot point for a later movie, which mm-hmm. I fucking hate when they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do plot points for movies down the road in this movie. 
Um, but he looks better with his clothes on. Yeah. If he could fuck you in a suit, it'd be okay. Hmm. Uh, at this point, I've determined that the name of the movie should be called Fifty Shades of Lip Biting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but no, you're right. So I made a note as well is that for all the talk of contracts and negotiation, there was no dis- that, that. no discussion shown beforehand, um, like before they had sex the first time. Um, there was nothing about consent, boundaries, what was okay, that it's okay for her to stop the situation if she feels uncomfortable at any point. Um, like, it just, there's all this talk about, sure, we can negotiate or we can whatever, but yet there's none of, like, okay, what is this going to look like? And this is the first time she's had sex. Yeah. I would have been, I mean, and from the way she's talked, I don't think this girl masturbated. So, like, what if what if she's, like, mid-flow? Like, I sort of want to see that. Like, Well, that just adds lubrication. I know, but I sort of want to see his reaction to that. Because I imagine he would just be like, it makes me... But he angry. should know that because he knows her schedule, right? Oh, that's true. Actually, you're right. Yeah. So he's been studying her for a while. Exactly. So it's fun. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. He's, he digs through her trash for tampons and <laughs> But he knows which ones are hers and which ones are her roommates. Oh, of course. Of course. He can tell by the smell. <laughs> hmm. This one has... This one's labia juice is pH balanced for my woman. <laughs> Maybe that's part of the screening process before he approaches someone. Ugh, gross. <laughs> uh, so for a movie about BDSM uh, and sex, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this movie is fucking boring. The sex was boring. Mm-hmm. It was just... Yeah. So um, around this time, or at least the next major thing that I have written down is about the mother. Do you have anything before going to the mother? The mother. I've got tons of stuff here, but I don't know. Okay. So because at one point the mother walks into the apartment, just lets herself in and walks in. And and it was like, like, seriously, you know, his mother interrupts them. And I think they might have actually been sleeping or something at that point. I don't know that it was sex. No, yeah. Um, But... You know, and and then he said something about, you're the first one my mother's seen you with. But earlier he said that there had been 15 women before her. And his mother's not seen him with another woman. Because she just, and she just breaks in whenever she wants. It just seems extremely unlikely that that would be the case. You know what, that clearly runs in the family. Because later on he breaks into her apartment, or happens to be in in her apartment. Yeah. Um, So it's a a familiar thing. Right, right. Uh, So... I don't remember who said this, but by giving up control, I felt free. I felt safe. I think that's him talking about why he was a, when he was uh, a sub. And I will say, that's another line that I like because I, I identified with that. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. Um, so we've got two lines now, which is why the movie got the two stars from me. Right. Just these two lines. But I do like that. And I, I, I agree with that. By giving up control, I do feel free and I feel safe. And that's why I like, yeah, I like mm-hmm. BDSM. Um, so moving on to, do you have anything for, do you have anything about the contract itself? Nothing. Okay. Because in the contract itself, it mentions that she will be on oral contraception. But what if that doesn't work for her? It doesn't say some kind of like, you know, permanent contraception, something, something other than condoms, basically. It doesn't say anything. It's just like, you know, you will be on oral contraception, but that doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. It'd be better off to be on the marina. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be more of a sure thing for him. Yeah. But either way, like oral contraception, 
yeah, I don't know. Like, it just seemed weird that it was that specifically and not just some form of contraception or an agreed upon contraception or something like that. Yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things I didn't like, but that, that specifically, because it is a very personal thing and can really cause a lot of problems. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I agree. Um, they have sex again. Yeah, it so was a what, very... I, I wanted to know if she consented to his breaking and entering because... <laughs> Because, again, he just sort of shows up, I'm pretty sure, in her apartment as she's yeah. packing up. And it's one of those, why are you here and how did you get in? When, she didn't ask that. How did you get in? Mm-mm. What does it matter, right? I mean, a hot guy shows up in your apartment. Pff, come on in. Was the hot guy Welcome. behind him? Did I miss that? <laughs> well, to her, he, he oh, was hot. Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But they did use a condom that time. Which I was. I actually wrote, hey, a condom, what do you know? Yeah. Yeah, so good. Showing protection, showing some kind of responsibility. That, what do you know? That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Should have shown it in the first one, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Can't ask for everything. Um, so the next note I have is on the contract negotiating. The business meeting? Yes. Yeah, so at this point, uh, so she's gone, she decides that she wants to negotiate the contract now. Yeah, and she's, she's been um, aloof. Right. And so she demands that they negotiate this in a business-like manner at his office. So she shows up in this really lovely dress that I'm going to guess Taylor bought for her because it was clearly more than she probably could have afforded. Um, but so she shows up in this dress in his office and they go to a dark meeting room. I actually said, why is the contract negotiating done in uh, near dark? Yeah, you can't read the contract. That is not good for your eyes. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it's a it's in a dark room, and I wrote, "How can they read it?" Um, and I also feel that they should have had more of an explanation or show and tell on the terms with which she's unfamiliar, because there's a lot of terms that as they're going through, she doesn't know what they are. Yeah, but in his defense, which God, I can't believe I just said that. Um, but in his defense, he told her to look stuff up, and he gave her websites to read. He gave her stuff True. to read. True, and she did do some, and what's, but what's not all. What's one of her first dumb questions? What's a butt plug? Like, seriously? Yeah. Like, my mom and dad know what butt plugs are. <laughs> like, it's... <sighs> yeah, but there are some things that I can I can get, but you're right, that he did tell her, and he even gave her a computer to do yes. research. And, and she did do some, because they showed her doing a little bit, but clearly she didn't go through all the way because she still had questions. But again, he still didn't offer explanation, so... Either he should have just been like, nope, go back, do your research, let's reconvene this meeting later. <laughs> or explain it at that point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's another meeting that could have been done as an email. Yes. Um, but, he again, she was lucky to get parking right, si- right outside of his building. That's right, of course. Yeah, because she went to leave and the car was right there. Right, right there, out, right yeah. outside the building. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ugh. So, get the negotiating done in the dark. That was I that was, was like, funny. It's like it's not even dark. It's like a red light, so it's basically an infrared. Yeah. Negotiations. Right. And you know, while I agreed everything isn't for everyone, there were things that she were say, was saying no to that I was like that's not that big of a deal. Or, and I guess the question is, what we don't know is, is this contract ever renegotiable? Because it's negotiable. I don't know how to say that. Negotiable. Anyway, negotiable. There you go. Renegotiable, is that a word? Yeah, Okay. Um, But anyway, yeah, so... I don't know. Because she does say no to things like fisting, and I don't know what else was on the list, but she did say no to some things, which, sure, right off the bat, if you've only had sex a couple of times, 
do sound scary, but if you don't really know what it is, you don't know that you can work up to it. And so again, maybe parameters can be put in is, but, or maybe they negotiated again later and kind of adjust the contract accordingly. Yeah. So I, we don't really know that because that's not clear. But she does say no to a lot of things that seems like you should be open to, but I can also understand where she, you know. Sure. I mean, like, you know, when you were just a virgin and you're just like, holy shit, that sounds really scary, you know. But uh, I do think it was one of those, you should revisit this in a few. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, let's see. I have, the next one is when when they're back at his apartment. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have sex there, although he really wants to have right. sex at the at the negotiation meeting, and she somehow uh, prevents. I don't know. She's she says no, which is right. Ooh, look, she's all powerful. Yeah. Um, the next thing is they're at their his apartment, mm-hmm. and her shoes are on his couch. Drove me crazy. He pounces on her. She's on the couch. I'm like, oh my god, your shoes are on the fucking couch. Take your fucking shoes off. Do not put your shoes on the couch. That's an expensive couch. We know that because he can only afford like eight pieces of furniture in this 500 meter square meter room. You know, so he had to sink all of his money into something. And one of the things is that couch. Don't put your fucking grimy ass shoes on his couch. Just saying. Rude. Yeah. I tend to agree. It's rude. And especially you don't want any stilettos to, like, do damage or anything. For reals. That is how we get a punctured couch. Do we want a punctured couch? Ugh. I don't know. Is that the look we're going for? Is it, like, perfectly punctured or is it just kind of random? Or This couch is Swiss. <laughs> Ugh. Um, and the next note I have is, ooh, ooh, kinky sex scene, red room starting, um, red room, yeah, uh, starting too heavy with the crop. Yes. Um, so actually, before all of that is when he gets her a car. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, so yeah, so Taylor takes her car. He steals her car. He, he steals her car, sells it. Sells it. Without <laughs> asking her or anything. <laughs> Which led to one of my favorite comments of yours. Yeah, I wrote it down, too. Because she, she goes outside, and, and she has this new car, which awesome, great. But again, she's like, well, what about my car? And he's like, oh, I told Taylor or whatever to catch a fair price for it. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, the first thing I saw, I said, like, when she walks out and, and her car's gone and it's being sold, I said, well, what about the CDs and the phone charger? Like, everybody has personal things in their car that you're going to want out of it. And there was no mention of, oh, and he went through and, you know, your stuff is now in this car. There, let me get, and maybe it happened because I know that you can't show everything in the movie for time. But that was that would be my first thought. Is, what about all my stuff? Went, what about my CDs? <laughs> yeah. What about my stuff? <laughs> That's yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, it's also nice to note that she has not yet signed the contract and she gets oh. a car. Mm. So future note for any women that he later pursues, you don't actually have to do sign the contract. Just string him along for a little bit and he'll just start giving you stuff. Yeah. And that works. Yeah, it was great. Totally works. Yeah. Okay, but then they're in the playroom. Uh, yeah, he does the whole tire up thing, which again, the setup was great. But then he gets the riding crop out, which is that really where you would start with somebody who has never had anything done to them? You go straight to the riding Not crop. even like spanking or No paddles, yeah. no hand, no... Yeah, it's just like, let's go well, straight to the riding crop. And there was no warm-up or anything. It was no. just this big whack with yeah. the crop. He, he drug it across her, her chest yeah. and thighs and then smacks her 
pretty hard in the uh, in the ass, yeah. and then um, under the breasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also when they're in the the playroom that time. At the very beginning, and he's undressing her, and he says, I want you to be comfortable with your nakedness. She's not naked. She has panties on. She has panties on the entire time. Well, maybe not. Maybe not during the spanking. I don't remember. Probably not. Yeah. But, like, any time that he's saying that, like, she, she's not naked. And, and he says that this is how she should be when entering. But, again, she's not naked. So, if, if he wants that, then... He's getting mixed, just, mixed signals. Is yeah. That like, do, do you want me naked or do you want me in panties? I don't really understand. Yeah. But yeah, then I did did comment as well about the no warm up and it just like goes straight to Final Jeopardy and now. Um, and if that was your first introduction to to BDSM, either you think that that's what's always expected, which doesn't set you up well for future relationships and and scenarios, um, but also it's not it's not accurate. It's all about the punishment yeah. at that point. Yeah, it's not about pleasure. It's really. all about his yeah. pleasure. She doesn't get anything out of it. Yeah. I will say the aftercare scene wasn't terrible because he's got her wrapped in a robe mm-hmm. or a towel or mm-hmm. something. And he carries her to the bedroom. I was like, well, that's nice. You're showing some sort of aftercare. Mm-hmm. That's that's okay. Mm-hmm. But again, they showed no protection during sex. Of course. That's, don't right. be foolish. Right. Condoms aren't hot. Fucking. Ugh. Um, I was going to say in pregnancy is, but actually... You- Kind of think it is so. But is not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. STIs, um, however, not so much. Um. Okay. So, what do you have next? Jose comes back into the picture. Oh, I don't have that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. I don't really remember the scenario around it. I just wrote that Christian was jealous of Jose, which I thought was really weird. Is that she has this longtime friend, who yes, happens to be male. But it's a longtime friend of hers, and yet he's jealous of this friend. And it, like, if I don't know, just if you're going to be jealous of every friend, a make it every friend, male, female, whatever, or just recognize that she had a life before you. you you've only been in her life what a few days, maybe a week at this point. It's not really clear the timeline, but it hasn't been long. Not been long. Yeah. Um. So the next thing I have is her going to Georgia. It's the dinner party. Yes, but before she actually gets there, so she goes to Georgia to visit her mother, and she springs it on him. Well, this is at the dinner party of his family, so she's she's been taken back to his family, and for some reason his brother is interested in in her roommate, which... Convenient. Convenient. Um, But she springs it on him that she's going to Georgia tomorrow, and he's pissed. Mm -hmm. And the movie sets it up to where he's being a bit of a bratty villain but that's a bitchy thing to do to go to be at a dinner party with your like with your partners or a potential partner's parents family first time you've really interacted so let's say the time is somewhere between 6 p.m and 8 p.m because they're all sitting having dinner Mm -hmm. and then oh by the way tomorrow i'm flying across the u.s to go to georgia Mm -hmm. the only thing and then she's surprised he's angry Yes. So the only thing that I have to say about that one was that um, he he was you know very possessive over it, but it was not clear what day of the week that was because unless it was Friday to Sunday, she's not obligated to be with him. Oh, that's true. Uh, and so if it was you know Monday to Thursday, she also hadn't signed the contract, so she's not obligated anyway. Right. There's no contract yeah. Yeah. So so depending on what day of the week it was, she 
may have been under no obligation to tell him what she was doing. Now, is it polite, especially if this is someone you want to have a relationship with? Again, it goes back to communication. Yes, it is polite. And yes, you should have said something. But again, are you under any actual obligation? No, but be a good person. It's not starting a healthy relationship by going, (laughs) oh, BTW, I'm going to Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. The devil went down to Georgia. For some unknown amount of time. Yeah. Could be a day, could be a week, don't know. But, you know, as long as you're, I guess as long as you're back Friday to Sunday. As long as she's getting cars and computers, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Ugh. Um, so she goes to Georgia, sees mm-hmm. her mom. Her mom, the hopeless romantic. And, again, they... It's kind of funny the way the movie does it. It's because they're almost saying, like, it's bad to be a hopeless romantic. Because they make fun of her mom and the fact that she's been married multiple times. And that she's constantly falling in love mm-hmm. and all this... this what normal movies I would make fun of because they're like, that's what they epitomize. But this movie does it in a belittling kind of way yeah. that sort of makes me want to defend the traditional movie of, you know, hope the hopeless romantic. It just, ugh, it does disservice to everything. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So their mom and, and, and yeah. her are at a... Uh, a boozy brunch. Uh-huh. When who should appear in Georgia? It's a random restaurant. But Christian Grey. Again, stalking. Because, um, I mean, he knew that she was in Atlanta or wherever in Georgia. Savannah? I don't know, somewhere. Yeah. Um, Georgia's a big city. But then to find the exact place where she is, like, that's, you know, I guess he has people for that. I don't know. It's Taylor. <laughs> Taylor's a busy man. And then what does he order? A gin and tonic. Hendrix, if you have it, Bombay. What number one? If I'm a billionaire, the last gin I am going to drink is Hendrix. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do not mind standard, subpar, bland gins, and Hendrix is passable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I'm a billionaire, I'm only going to drink the best, and it would be one of those things like I brought my own bottle. I'm not a billionaire, and I only drink the best gins. <laughs> I don't like the other gins. <laughs> and, you know, Bombay is, honestly, in my mind, Bombay is better than Hendrix. Mm. So why would the billionaire order Hendrix first? Well, they clearly paid for the movie, right? And that's the thing. It goes back to fucking James Bond drinking that stupid beer now. Heineken? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I definitely would have expected him to have a nicer gin. Yeah. At that point. But anyway. Yeah. Um so he takes her into his giant flying sperm. Um sorry, I jumped ahead. Uh he takes her on a air quotes date. Mm-hmm. And by date I mean if you've ever seen the television show The Bachelor, it's a date. Uh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> This is what this is what young adults are being primed for dates uh, by watching stupid shit like The Bachelor and then fucked up movies like this, where he takes her into this glider that mm-hmm. is dra- dragged up by a plane and then they glide down. Don't get me wrong, that looks fun. It looks fun. It's this giant winged sperm flying mm-hmm. through the air, which the symbolism there is just amazing, uh, and it does look fun. Yeah. I I don't have anything else until we're towards the end. Mm. 
So one of my issues that they have, I think this happens at some point. She's asleep, and she's been wanting him to open up to her. And so she's asleep, and he does that, again, classic easy movie trope where he sits down on the bed and talks to her while she's asleep about his history um, as in a confessional sort of moment. But my problem was he treats BDSM as if it's a disease. There's something clearly, he even reacts as if there's something clearly wrong with him. Yeah. Because he wants to live this lifestyle. And, you know, this movie has been touted as being this positive push towards, uh, towards you know, getting the housewife into BDSM and, and being this titillating movie. But you can't do that when you're showing one of the key plot points of the film as being a something wrong. It's flawed. It's shameful. It's shameful. He's ashamed of who he is. Yeah. He's ashamed that he wants to do this to her. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a problem. And at that point, um, she must have asked again why, she, why he does that. And, and he still says, that's the way I am. Still not an answer. However much time has gone by. Like, the fact that she asked the first time, you should have thought about it a little more yeah. and been prepared with a better answer than that. You know, and there's just the lack of communication in this movie is appalling. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them talk about how they feel about, especially BDSM, mm-hmm. which is a relationship dynamic that is 100% based on communication. And trust and consent. Yeah, but it's... Yeah. But trust and consent comes from communication. Yeah, yeah. If you have enough communication, you're going yeah. to have the trust. Consent is part of that communication um, circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's just like so many problems, which I guess it's true of many movies. But I think a lot of movies take things that most people have at least a better understanding of. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't have a good understanding. The muggles out there don't understand what... BDSM a BDSM mm. relationship is so they see stupid shit, shit like this and they go oh this is re- this is the same problem we have with porn mm. in that you know we don't see the the warm up we don't see the the work that goes the work into that it. goes into yeah. it all we see is the highlights and that's sort of what this has done and it's sort of like the movie could have been good they could have included the communication you could still have these plot points of mm-hmm. he's depressed and doesn't like that he ha- he feels like he has to do this but don't let the audience shame him along with him. Yeah. Let the audience feel sorry for him because he feels this way. Don't make the audience get on the shame train. Yeah, and it is good that, in theory, it's good that it's trying to bring something like like the BDSM and the Domsap relationship to the masses and to show them what it's like and that, hey, this exists and, and it's a thing. But it doesn't show that it's okay. It doesn't show it in the proper light. No. It shows it as punishment. It doesn't show it as a, a reciprocal thing that's, that's good for both parties. And it doesn't show the, the pleasure, the communication, the warm-up, all the work that goes into it. And it doesn't really show it in an accurate way. So, yes, it is trying to bring something like that to the masses and to people who have no idea. But it, I don't feel like it's doing a good enough job. No. You don't have to even be a hundred percent, but it's like done it. It's at twenty percent. Like it's not even. Yeah. It's not doing not justice to at it at all. Yeah, yeah, they're not trying at all. So she and he have this massive breakdown between the two of them because they don't neither communicate what they actually want or feel, and she's like, "Show me as bad as it can get." 
So I'm all excited because I can think of some pretty sick, fucked, fucked up, twisted things that he could do to her. What does he do? He gets some random braided belt, like the belts that we used to wear in the yeah. 90s, like one of those braided belts. Uh-huh. Um, and he's like, count with me to six. Six. That's all it is. That's the worst is six. Me, if I was her, I'd have been like, what do we go to seven? <laughs> he didn't even break skin. Don't, Come on. Don't wuss out on me. Yeah. Well, we don't know. Did we actually see? Actually, no, you're right. We don't see. Um, but Because they do, after he does that, they do hide her ass with yeah. clever camera work, so yeah. you can't see it. Um, you know, number one, it goes back to he's a terrible dog. Okay. Because he goes straight to hitting her as hard as she as he can. There's no warm-up. There's no... Which, nobody would do that. Um and if you really want to show her as bad as it can be, you're going to drag out that anticipation. Yes! Ugh. So he doesn't warm up his sub. And like you've always said, if you break your toys, you don't get to play with them. Mm-hmm. And why would he do that? That's mm-hmm. stupid. Ugh. But, if, you know, um, it is a dark and stormy night. So it's like the perfect setting for that kind of breakdown yes. argument and whatever. Because that couldn't happen on a, anything but a dark and stormy night. I want to see a breakdown that happens on a sunny day. <laughs> um, so she's in bed crying because, again, we can't communicate. Mm-mm. And her, her, her bum bum hurts. And <laughs> she's like, I need you to leave. And my immediate response was, you're in his fucking house. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, then I was like, oh, you mean the room. Okay. <laughs> It took me a moment to realize that she meant the room. Mm-hmm. So, um, and again, I've got another note here. This would be a great movie about a healthy, kinky relationship if they just fucking talk to one another. Yeah. Because what does he do? Creepily stands in the store in the doorway, and she cries and stares at the wall. Well, that, like, that, like most that's, healthy relationships. That's healthy, right? <laughs> like most healthy relationships. That's what we're supposed to do. Um, let's see. So, uh... The ending? Mm-hmm. Do you have any more notes? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. So the ending, you know, she gets in the elevator, which, of course, is his apartment, which, of course. Penthouse. Uh, I mean, and he says, Anastasia. And she says, Christian. And the elevator doors close. And the credits roll. And I've noted here, if I was in the theater, I would honestly booed. I wrote down, really? It ends there? Yeah. Like. Yeah. And I realize that it's that there are two other books after it. So sure, they want to keep you sure. coming back. But you can still have resolution and still have people want to see the second one. If you read The Fellowship of the Ring. I know, I'm comparing Fifty Shades of Grey. Let's go. Let's see where this is going. <laughs> but you look at the end of the first Lord of the Rings movie, which agree, I, I know it switched up and, and the, the timing is different. Um, but The Fellowship of the Ring ends with the, the giant spider scene. And... That's basically the last thing. There's no, like, super cliffhanger. But we still know that they're trying to get rid of the ring. Yeah. And the movie itself. the It ends with everybody trying to catch up to Frodo and Sam and save the world. And Frodo and Sam off to save the world. But it ends. And we, like, I want to see the next one because it was compelling. I don't want to see it because, you know, I don't know if Frodo pulled Sam out of the water. Spoiler alert. Um, you know, it's... I just don't understand why your story is so non-compelling that you have to that that you end on a fucking nothing. But don't we still have to watch the second one because she hasn't signed the contract yet, has she? <laughs> you in the contract? 
think she signed it. Unless at, I missed something. At one point, he even says, fuck the contract. Yeah, he did say that. Um, so we start going through the soundtrack. Every song, every fucking song has the chords and rhythm to I Put a Spell on You. Mm-hmm. Uh, because why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, so for those counting, the lip bite count was 28. That I Plus or minus, we may have missed a few, but yeah. Might have missed a few. Pencil or Finger Chews was at five. And Hot Guys in Anastasia's Life, two. I am not counting Christian Grey because I'm not sure he's hot yet. Well, I think there were only two other guys in her life. There are. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. So so for people that were wanting us to, to watch the movie and tell us your thought, or tell you our thoughts... Weird. Um, that those were our thoughts, and it's not good. It's bad, good. but I know what's going to happen. Yeah, and we're, people are going to make us watch the next one. Well, not yet. <laughs> I need I, a break. I need a break. <laughs> Any good movies first? <laughs> one a quarter. Yeah, one a quarter. Yeah, no, but it it again, it had potential to to bring something something like the kink world and in that dom sub relationship and BDSM to bring all of that. I'm going to say, quote-unquote, to the masses or to the muggles and people that don't know what it's like and to show them. But there's much better ways to do it. They go about it in all the wrong ways. They don't actually show what it's really like whatsoever. So then people get a lot of misconceptions as to what it is. We do, I mean, we don't even end on a positive note no. for BDSM. No. So BDSM is the villain in this movie. Yeah. Um, that, I think that's my big deal. It's like, it's the villain. Mm. It's the bad guy. Yeah. Mm. So, there you are. We watched that movie. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm curious to see what other people thought. Uh-huh. Let us know your opinions. Yeah. We, are, we you know... We're I, always happy to listen to other people's opinions. And if we get enough stuff, we'll talk absolutely. about it here. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you think I was wrong and that it was a great movie, I want to hear about it. I'm curious. Explain why. Explain why. Don't yeah. just say, I liked it because. Because that's not an answer. Um, well, it is if you're Christian. Oh, Christian. That's right. Christian Grey. Wait, is that a double entendre too to the whole religion thing? You just do it because I say so. <laughs> also, sinners in the hands of an angry God. I just want to hurt you because. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So, as a religious allegory, I appreciate this movie. <laughs> It really talks to me uh-huh. in my Catholic upbringing. Um, I feel like I should, I should, you know. Now you need to revisit it with that lens. I, I, need, yeah. I need to rewatch it now, looking at him as the classic uh, uh, Anglican God. Maybe that's what it was intended the entire time. Oh my gosh, I hope so. <laughs> mm. All right, so let us know what you think. If you love the movie, uh, we're going to do a Twitter poll when this comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to see what people thought of it. And, yeah, so send us your questions, comments, rude remarks about us in the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are at By the By Podcast. You can send us an email, theatomsoflove at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love it if you would leave us a comment uh, or, or a rating on whatever whatever way you're listening to this. Platform. Whatever platform. Thank you. You're listening to this. That We definitely appreciate that. And uh, join us at uh, um, Patreon. You can see the video. Hi. We're waving to the videos now. Mwah. And I'm looking at, look at that cleavage she's got over there. Boobies. Uh, 
Yeah, so www.patreon.com slash by the by podcast. We very much appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next time. Please, please don't ask us to review the next movie. (laughs) Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. I'm Dylan Thomas, co-host of Life on the Swing Set, the podcast. We share our experiences in swinging, polyamory, and beyond. You're listening to a Swingset Network podcast at swingset.fm. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.